last time on Fantasy Pants, we all bore witness to a terrible tragedy. Our luminaries were on their way out of the world of Tythos, and the city of Cerule being devastated by a storm. But they made it onto the Concord Jewel, onto the Sapphire. But as they phased from that world back to the Citadel, well, things took a turn. The keen and gloom, the massive storm swirling beneath the radiant citadel, began to pull at the Concord Jewel. All power was lost, and they were helpless, slowly drifting down into the maw of the gloom. The brave Shole, speaker of the ancestors for Ankarin Sangar, one of the great leaders of the Radiant Citadel came to the rescue, but was just as helpless to stop the fall as our brave heroes. It was only when the luminary Atash and the big hitters, the, the top luminaries of the Citadel came, that things changed. Our heroes were saved, as were all of the refugees from Tythos. But the Conquered Jewel sunk and was lost. What was that? My heel. Oh. <laughs> my heel. Gotcha. <laughs> it happened at like the exact same time that, that you pressed the record button. I know. So I was like, did I'll you go, knock something out of the corner? It kind of scared the shit out of me too. Even. <laughs> good, good, but he got it. I, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the hit actually recorded. I wonder if everybody's just listening to us. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, Jeremy kicked the baseboard, and it was very loud and kind of scary. Yeah. Jeremy, like the it was... birthday boy. Jeremy, the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Jeremy. Thank you. I'm almost 40 now. Nice. That's terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. A little bit. I mean, I still got three years, but... Yeah. yeah. You're spring chicken. Live it up in my 30s, then I'll retire. That's, there you go. Yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> retire? Wait, what? At 40? Yeah. What do you do for work? Not enough to retire, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm done. Dang. Hey. You wow. Gotta, you gotta have the mindset. That's true. You, you gotta manifest that stuff. You gotta have hope. <laughs> the universe knows what I need. <laughs> it will provide. Well, hopefully in three years you can retire at age 40, Jeremy. But for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, remember this, listeners. If uh, Support us on, I don't know, whatever we have to support <laughs> us. And uh, we can get Jeremy retired by 40. There we go. It's our, it's our Patreon goal. We're going to yeah. do, one, we're yeah, gonna do one of those. Jeremy's retirement Patreon goal. What's going to be the perk for that one? Huh. Jeremy will fly over to you and give you a hug. No, that's too involved. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have the time. You'll be retired. (laughs) Jeremy will take you to his next Tenacious D show. (laughs) You saw Tenacious D Uh yesterday or the day before. (laughs) On a Tuesday night of all nights. Pretty cool. Who does a show on a Tuesday night at 8 p.m.? Tenacious I, D, apparently. Yeah. Who does a show in New Hampshire? Lots of people. Why? Yeah. It was not at the Pavilion. I mean, that's. I just didn't think there'd be a crowd. People have fans. And it was in New sold Hampshire. out. Not like nine. I think it was sold out. Yeah. That's wild. Like, like nine thousand people. Oh must, yeah. Must have come from Mass. That's a, that's a big show. That is higher than our like state's population. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, close to nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was the show, Jeremy? It was fun. Yeah, it was good stuff. Any highlights? All of it. <laughs> I'm a big Tenacious D fan, so yeah. all of it was fucking fantastic. What's the other guy's so, name? 
It's Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Okay. Yeah. I and didn't remember that. They're still going really strong. Nice. So I it, loved that it, movie. It was good times. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're talking Tuesday night plans. Steven, what was your Tuesday night like? I think I was in bed before nine. Or maybe right around nine. This is hot stuff. Go yeah. on. I think that's right. That's that's right when Tenacious D was going on yeah. for their opener. I think I made some brown rice. Oh yeah. Um, I picked the raspberries in the garden. Delicious. Yeah, it was All a right. real, real slamming night. Okay. What about you, David? I was uh, I was remodeling a shower. Oh, that's right. It I was remember. hell. Actually, yeah. it was awful. You guys are talking about your wonderful Tuesdays, and I'm uh, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> A little infuriated, one might say, because my gosh, I, I say you, remodel, but I was mostly just destroying the plumbing and hoping for the best. I told you I'll bring over a sledgehammer and we'll have some fun. <laughs> I did well enough on my own, actually. <laughs> Me and my wrench. Oh, we did we did wonders to that plumbing, and by that I mean we did uh, calamities to that plumbing. <laughs> but uh, but I digress. We had a pretty exciting last session. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. It was it was a big one. People are people are a buzz. They want they have questions, Stephen. They want to know how you are so bad at Dungeons and Dragons. Ow! The Reddit it's gone wild over it. There is no Reddit. It... <laughs> As of recording, nothing has been released yet. <laughs> you don't need to say that. <laughs> Damn it! All right. Let's get right to it. Uh, Nobody knows how bad I am at D&D yet. It's true. They will. But they will. And that's what's important to me. Jeremy, you want to hit me with that sirenscape? Let's get into it. All right. Okay. We're going to open onto two different scenes. We're going to see them in sort of a vague shadow. We see jewels. We see jewels surrounded by many haggard faces stained with tears a number of these low city folk with their bent backs matted hair still wearing those same rags all kind of huddled together in this dark place where this light is flashing and right right under their faces all of them staring into the screen where an image of Storyteller Orn is projected. And we see a similar scene in a a small apartment. And we'll get into exactly what this looks like in a moment. But we see Zebulon sitting alone on a little couch, just staring at the same screen, staring at the same image, the light just flickering across his face. We cut to the image of Storyteller Orin, looking haggard, tired, endlessly sad, and he just says, It's been three days. Three days since the Tythos incident, and I think I speak for all of us when I say I am still in shock. Tythos was once thought to be the safest among our worlds. It was certainly the most economically prosperous, most bountiful in raw minerals, the most populous. <laughs> 200,000 lives. That's what the estimates say. The population of Tythos that remained 
when the Concord Jam was destroyed. <sighs> Thirteen luminaries were on Tathos during the attack, including the three known as Thelmira's Blessing, Gaius Agonius, Okatapuri, Mateo Cortez, also known as Demilich. They all fought bravely on that day, and they all were lost. Twenty-two shield bearers stayed behind to control the crowds, bravely waiting for the next passage off, a passage that was never to come. But we need to look at the glimmer of light in all this darkness. 5,383 people saved by our shield bearers, pulled off that hill. We need to look at the light. But, brothers and sisters of our many worlds, good citizens of the Gemstone Concord, I am going to be honest with you. The network won't like me saying this, but damn it, the Tathos tragedy was the result of nothing natural. It was an act of deliberate terrorism. Rosen has betrayed us all. And we don't know how he did it. How he tapped into the Keenan gloom itself. We don't know anything except that we are hurt and we are scared. But as always, I choose to believe in the power of our luminaries. I choose to look at them and be inspired by their courage and their light. Both the seasoned veterans and the young blood. I will put my faith in the best of our worlds. But we must face the storm again. This is Storyteller Orin. Signing off. And I hope y'all can get some sleep tonight. Because I know I won't. The image fades away and... Same sort of musical static. And... We are left with two distinct scenes. It has been three days since the Tythos incident. Three long days for our two heroes here. And I want to talk about what happened in those three days. I want to start with you, Zebulon. Now, I mentioned you are sitting in this uh, this small apartment. This is you and Arhalon's apartment. That's right. Now... I'd like you to describe what half of this apartment looks like. And I say half because roughly half the walls in this apartment right now are covered in in red wire, um, sticking between different like like maps and and people and, and clippings from like newspaper articles. And it is just this uh, massive conspiracy board that belongs to your brother. Um, he he just stares at it. And actually, right now, this board is covered in in facts about Tythos, about the incident, about uh, the history of, of the Storm Eye, about the, the three luminaries that came to save the day. Everything about the incident is all over your wall, a constant reminder of it. But what does your side of the, of the apartment look like? So Zebulon naturally has the smaller bedroom in the apartment being both the smaller figure <laughs> and the younger brother. It's a closet. No, no, it's not like a Harry <laughs> Potter situation. It's just a smaller bedroom. You know, he doesn't have the master. He doesn't have the attached bathroom sort of thing. So on his 
shelves around the room and maybe on spare coffee tables and such. Zebulon has some little trinkets like rocks or maybe like some figurines or he'll buy stuff from merchants, just little, little gotsy stuff like a, like a seashell because he's never been to the ocean or I don't know, an acorn because he's <laughs> never been to the forest. That's, that's actually, that's awesome. And I love that. And do they, do they have luminary action figures? Oh, of course they have luminary because action figures. he would definitely have luminary action figures and probably a couple of like posters on the wall. Got like some, yeah, the big, big fold out tapestries on the wall. Um, you know, mass produced luminary posters. Yeah. Got big old Atosh. Oh yeah. He's got Atosh. So oh yeah. He's got Atosh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But other than that, I mean, it's tidy, I suppose, you know, likes to keep his bed made, keeps the dirty laundry off the floor. He does better than me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we see this apartment and we see this this lone, um, very small half dragon slash dragonborn, kind of the kind of the combo deal, uh, just sitting on this couch, just kind of watching the static. And in the background, we see Arhalon. He's just staring silently at the some clippings on his wall. Reaches a finger out and taps something. Shakes his head, puts it back down, reaches a finger out with his one arm. I, I don't imagine that they've spoken a lot in these they last three days. Very little. Arhalon has said almost nothing to you. It's been very quiet. Yeah. And I think as we see this scene, as Ebulon's just staring out at this static, we sort of zoom in towards his eyes. And I want to take us back for just a moment to to that day we still see uh, a crowd of refugees just all over like this massive moving writhing just just one being one crowd crammed into the the sort of tail of the citadel we see the luminaries are being swarmed the the big hitters the the top six the uh the shining champions of the citadel of the world's Especially Atosh is floating a bit off the ground, sort of hands, palm open at, at his side, um, just towards the skies. And people are just like rushing over to touch him and feel his robes. And he just smiles down at them. And way off to the side of all of this, uh, I think we see Zebulon staying by Shole. Arhalon was quickly taken by the shield bearers, uh, rushed off to, for any sort of further medical aid and attention. You haven't seen him since you escaped from the Sapphire. But Shole sought you out. And you just see her staring towards this scene, staring towards Atosh, eyes narrowed. And she just, just under her breath, but you hear, just says, Always. It's always like this. Every time. Do you say anything? Do I know what she's talking about when she says every time? I don't think you do. Go ahead and roll me a, uh... Go ahead and roll me a history check on Atosh. Oh, she's talking about Atosh. Gotcha. 17. That's pretty good. Okay. 
You know this much. The Luminary Movement began a little over 50 years ago. Um, this is when the, just very soon after the, the sort of broadcasting abilities of the uh, Citadel were discovered, and the Crystal Network was sort of early on being founded, people were basically able to watch uh, this, this, this worldwide news network. Um, world's wide news network, sorry, that connected every world in a way that's never, ever been done before, that was never theorized to be possible before. And very soon after this discovery, Ankarin Sangar was placed in a massive amount of danger. You see, this demon, uh, this horned demon led this, uh, this horde of, of demons out of a, a rift in the abyss, uh, all just pouring into the world, and the people were desperate. They could not fight back, and Shole, she wanted so badly to help, but they just didn't have the resources at the time. The Citadel needs to manage all of these worlds, and she was trying to rally an army between all the worlds she could, but trying to get them to, to, to work with a different world, one that's not, you know, it's not their own, that's, that's just totally, totally alien to them, was impossible. And the shield-bearer forces under her control were nothing compared to this horde. And she just had to sit by and watch, helplessly, as her world was torn apart. Until a miracle happened. Until the heavens opened up. Until the first recording of a, a larger-than-life hero saving the day happened. Because one of those diamond recorders, a diamond blessed by the Radiant Citadel, by the auroral diamond, captured the moment when Atash dropped from the heavens with his angel companions and led the forces of Anchor and Sangar back against the Horned Demon, driving the darkness away. Since then, Atash has ruled Anchor and Sangar. He's been given free reign to essentially rule how he wants, despite what the Citadel and what Shole says, and there are many who believe his rule to be a little draconian, but nobody Nobody can say that Atash is not the greatest luminary, the most powerful, the hand of the Sunweaver. Sounds like a whole lot more than just a luminary. He's big, and many heroes wanted to emulate this, wanted to be that 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 big, grand, day-saving badass. And and more of these scenes were recorded on various worlds, and more heroes came to light. One of the first being Ozen Yoshikatsu of Umizu. In an early episode, I think I said Yonido. My notes are a disaster. It's Umizu. Um, but yeah, he was he was one of the first to sort of follow in Atasha's footsteps to be recorded saving the day in a big way and to become this world's wide uh, phenomenon. But you know that Sholei has always despised the Luminary Movement. You don't know entirely her reasoning. She's never been clear with you. But like, you talked about these figurines you have. And Shelley does not visit you often, but I think when she does, you hide those figurines. <laughs> I think when she's around, you don't talk about the luminaries. I think it's it's it, it's a very uh, uncomfortable sort of knowing. She's aware that you have this admiration for them, for Atash. Mm -hmm. She doesn't talk about it. Not normally. It's a whole lot for a natural 17. I was looking for a DC 15 just to get some, some background on, <laughs> on like, the luminaries, Atash, all that. We needed it. The people... Needed that good I, roll. I liked it. We, yeah, we need that leeway in, in other rolling situations <laughs> coming up here. Uh, but you're kind of like reflecting on all of this as you see Shole just, just glaring towards Atash. And then you see her eyes just flicker right down to you. And 
I think you feel cold as that gaze hits you. Yeah, especially if you said that she sought me out. I think that in itself makes Zebulon fairly nervous. Yeah, I mean, you know, imagine you're probably over here watching all this, kind of admiring the luminaries, and suddenly you just kind of feel a presence next to you. Yeah. And Shelley's just stood there silently for a while, and you know she has something to say, and you know she's just waiting. She's a politician. She knows how to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, she's making me uncomfortable. Well, she's making Zebulon uncomfortable. <laughs> she's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Jules uncomfortable, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> he's not even here. He's, a, he's wherever the hell he is, and he's like, oh, shit's going down. <laughs> uh, she glances over to you and stares at you for a moment and then just finally says, so why were you here? Why were you on Tythos? I was just trying to help. Why? You thought that you could do good for these people? You thought that you could make the situation better by being there? Well, it's the right thing to do. No, it isn't. The right thing to do is to let the shield bearers do their jobs. Are you a trained shield bearer, Zebulon? Well, not yet, but I could... I could learn to become one. I don't think you could. I don't think you could learn to follow orders like your brother does. People were dying. They were. I don't think that's why you went. You didn't know the situation. You just knew there was danger. And you knew the luminaries were rallying. Didn't you? I just wanted to help Arlon. Hmm. Is that right? I... I admire him. You should. Not because he's strong or big or brave, but because he's sensible, Zebulon. Do you understand that? Do you understand how to be sensible? Because I'll tell you, I'm very disappointed, not just in you, but in your brother, because in bringing you to Tythos, he did something very, very not sensible. I asked him. It's not his fault. I don't agree, but we will deal with that matter later. I'm speaking with you now, and I want you to understand one thing. She gestures a finger out towards Atash. That is not for you. It's not for you. Do you understand? Because you know nothing of this world. And that's my fault, perhaps. I've kept you cooped up. I've kept you safe. Far be it for me to try to keep my family safe. But now I have raised these fools who go around doing what they please, following who they please, and never thinking for a moment. presses a hand to her forehead and just kind of rubs. You're not going to be like them. No brass will ever be a luminary. You understand this, right? No brass. Right. Good. I want you to go home now. I want you to stay home. I will have food sent. I'll have your needs covered. For the time being, you will not leave until I send a message allowing you to. 
I think it's time I take a more direct approach to your upbringing, Zebulon. What, what should I do? Watch the network. Watch your brother. Maybe learn something. I don't care what you do. Maybe meditate quietly and think about how much of a fool you've been today. I'll, I'll try not to burden you anymore, shall I? Grandmother. She just gives you a short, terse nod, turns around. You see her just, like, walk over to the edge of the citadel and <laughs> transforms from her petite female figure into a massive gargantuan brass dragon and just with one flap of her wings just takes off. Soon I won't be your problem any longer. (laughs) And with that we just phase back uh, through those eyes looking at the static to Zebulon in his apartment three days later and I want to ask you now, uh, is there anything else that's happened in these three days that you've been asked to just stay at home? Zebulon has been, Zebulon's been quietly preparing and packing to leave when he thinks the time is right. Wow. He wants to get out of his family's way. Wow. He not only feels like he's been an unfair burden to his brother, but he also thinks that it's time for him to earn his own freedom and independence. Damn. And and it's so sad because you live with your brother in this small place and he hasn't said a word. He hasn't noticed anything. He's just been staring at that wall when he's awake. Every once in a while, he just mumbles, Shadrakhan, Shadrakhan, who are you? What are you? Just taps at various pieces on his wall. And, wow. Um, I'll tell you one more thing that's happened in this span of time. Zebulon is now level two. Hey. Yeah. Uh, anything particularly exciting about that to share? Like, uh, for instance, your class. I don't think we've gotten into this yet. Um. Yeah, I've revealed Zebulon's class. Have you? Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, nothing really exciting happened for... Uh, level two rogue here, but, um, we do need to roll hit points. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You want to do it now? Yeah, I want to do it now. Okay. All right. So, uh, what we're going to do for the first few levels here. Yeah. Uh, maybe for a while. I don't know. We're going to see how balance feels, but right now I'm going to let you roll with advantage. You're going to roll one and I'm going to roll one and you take the higher. Okay. And how do you feel about re-rolling ones since we're only two characters? Tell you what, you're such a garbage character. Wow. And player. Ouch. Then I'm going to allow it. Okay. I mean, it kind of <laughs> feels like a win, but... <sighs> All, All right. right. I'm just going to roll my D8 now. I got a five. Five is pretty good. Can Not I get bad. better than a five? Six. That's yeah. a six. Pretty good. That's better than a five. Okay. All right. I'm going to take it. Solid. Take that six hit points. All right. Well, that's Zebulon. I want to slot in over to old Jules LaRoche now. Jules, your situation is a lot more complicated to get into than Zebulon's. Quite. Uh, you are in a, currently in this, this is a large sort of domed building. Um, there's many sort of sub uh, rooms and buildings all around it. It's called the Palace of Exile. It exists on the Citadel. Okay. 
it is generally where refugees are sent. There's a whole history to this place. We don't need to get into it. Right now, though, I mean, this used to be a, a very, very uh, esteemed place. It used to take good care of, of, of people that were sent this way. But, I mean, three, no, sorry, 5,383 refugees, most of which had to be funneled right here. The world's are in a, in a tough place right now. I mean, we just talked about this. Tythos was the most populous, most economically stable world, the safest world. And there are constant lurking dangers, mysterious dangers in like every other world in the setting. People can't just take refugees. Even a hundred is a lot to ask. I don't know how safe it was. That depends on your definition of safe. It does. But as far as the people here know, it was, well, it was paradise. Yeah, that's a thin veil though. When you are the most economically prosperous world, you're allowed certain allowances. The law is uh, not looking too, uh, too closely to the civil rights of the folk on Tythos. Lots of things can hide in the darkness. Oh, yeah. I think you're thinking about that a lot, Jules. You're thinking a lot about how maybe the Citadel treats people equally, uh, you know, out in the open. Maybe the shield bearers took everyone they could. That doesn't change the fact that only 362 of these refugees were from the low city. Drop in the bucket. Doesn't change the fact that for your entire life, you and your people, the people you chose to belong with, were treated like dirt. The governing body of the Radiant Citadel, overlooking and caretaking for all worlds, just ignored it. Let the royals of Tythos do what they wanted. You are... Uh, resting amongst a, a large group of your people. I mentioned the 200 or 362. They're all basically together here. Um, normally, you'd come to this place, people would have their own rooms. Um, they'd be well taken care of, well fed, all of that. Right now, it's just like chaos. There's this large sort of uh, main dormed room, uh, domed room, that is just packed full of people. There's tents everywhere. And you've noticed that this same sort of uh, segregation you faced all your life has been kind of happening naturally here too. All the low city folk with their, their bent backs and their weeping sad eyes and their just their broken lives are, are here. They're here with you all packed together in one corner. It's a dome room. <laughs> in one pie slice. There we go. Got it. Got it, Steven? Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so Stephen is currently destroying Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's room. Nothing to see here. There's everything uh, to see here. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about your 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 situation here because okay. you've been eating. You know, you've been getting all the all the food and water you've needed. Um, Mulligan has has been complaining a lot. Uh, he'd like a uh, little more. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, how many rolls did he get? <laughs> oh, I mean. They gotta get. They gotta give a minimum four. I mean, there's, there's some rolls. He's gotten like maybe two today. That's horseshit. Yeah. Well, this is a travesty. This will not stand. <laughs> there's a lot of travesties happening. That will not stand, man. And yeah, I want to talk about your your few days. But first, I want to talk about you. You just you're sitting here. You're watching this uh, this broadcast. You're watching the static, and and the light is still just kind of you know reflecting onto your face and onto the faces of the the cherry delights all around you. 
Jeans is pretty much fully recovered. Um, but there's just this heavy sadness to them. Your world is gone. And maybe it wasn't the best world for you, but it's the only one you had. And now you're almost prisoners. You can't just go off to another world. The Citadel doesn't allow you to just leave. They're going to place you somewhere. And until that time, the shield bearers are, have, been, have been watching. They've been watching your folk extra close. Oh, I've been watching them too. I watch, I learn. I think right now we just see Jules sitting there under like some some you know great tarp with a bunch of a bunch of people kind of crammed in behind him. We zoom in on Jules' eyes. And we move back to that moment. Three days ago, you just saw the conquered jewel, the sapphire, disappear into the maw of the storm. And Immediately, the refugees of Tythos have all been kind of uh, wrangled up in one way, you know, lined up, uh, um, basically just the shield bears getting to work to try to control the situation, try to move you to a place you can belong, I guess. And I want you to roll a perception check for me, because you're going to see okay. a few things, but how many you see is going to depend on this check. Because I like to think that Jules, while he's being lined up, is, is keeping his eyes open, is watching. And it's a 10. Okay, all right. With a 10, you see a couple things. Um, first of all, you see that somewhere in the in the chaos, uh, escaping this um, the sapphire, when, when you're being pulled off by the, by the luminaries, either taking the, the bridge out or going through the portals made by Fu Liling, uh, Chester managed to, to scrounge up a little something for you. Oh. Something you recognize in your past because a lot of your parents' riches were brought aboard the Sapphire mm. and did not make it off. But one did. Chester presents you with a, a, a loot. What's this loot look oh, like? Yeah. It's a fine piece of work. It's, it's pretty damn fine. Uh, it's not something that I would necessarily have chosen. You know, now I was just kind of, you know, just kind of forced upon me when I was a kid, you know. A little too uh, fine nor Nate for the current Jules LaRoche? A little bit. Jules L- LaRoche little, little wanted to play little. the tuba. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, they, my parents gave it to me when I was six. Yeah, oh. So I didn't, didn't really have a choice in the matter, but it, like I said, it's beautiful. No, it's made from some uh, really fine Otagwin Dreamwood. Ooh, Otagwin Dreamwood, huh? Yeah, pretty, pretty hard to get, pretty hard to get. Oh, yeah, that's some nice stuff. You know, I like, I like the design, you know. It's uh, down in the main part of it, it's... Got these really nice dark, like midnight blue, purple, black swirlies, and it's it, it's got a lot of glitter too, which I kind of like. It's pretty fun. It's mm, pretty fun. Like in the finish, yeah. the glitter. Yep. Nice. Like when you're looking at it, it kind of looks like a. I don't know if you've ever read that science fiction novel about that guy, uh, Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like that. that there's, there's a thing in there that he does called Starry Night. It kind of. Uh, Kind of looks like that. So, 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 question about the the glitter: is yes. the glitter in the finish, or is it in the dreamwood? Oh, it's the dreamwood, baby. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I like the idea of like maybe the way that dreamwood grows. It like as it reaches a, a certain age, it compacts its own resin into these little mm. like glitter-like flakes throughout the wood. About right. And uh, about right. 
we'll learn later on the world of Otagua has uh, some connections to the Feywild, and this wood uh, definitely sort of materializes that connection. Um, it, it, it sort of blooms, or, or these trees grow where uh, where the connection with the Feywild is felt the strongest in, in, in the deepest heart of the woods, forests of Otagua. So I guess now that we're talking about my loot, I guess I can let you all know that uh, Jules here, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bard. Got that uh, got that little creative spark in me, little little fun, little mischievous. Huzzah, <laughs> a little bit of music. <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of the jewels. <laughs> Gosh, oh no. <laughs> so yes, I so um I, I do have to ask. Does Jules get level two as well? Jules absolutely hits level two. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna go over like like those those the few days you'll have and and sort of what what works into that. Um, but yeah, so you you get that you get that loot. I think Chester hands it off to you. Mm-hmm. It just says, uh, Jules, this is the one, right? You mentioned this a few times, and I saw it on the wagon. This was this is yours, right? Oh shit, that made it. Yeah, it looks like your folks were taking it off. Why, why, why did they even save this thing anyway? I mean, I bet it sells for a pretty penny. Oh, yeah, you're right. God. <laughs> Always thinking about the money. They got no other reason to keep it. It doesn't mean shit to them. Still, we didn't sell it yet, right? They had all these years. Oh, well, they're not going to get a chance to, because I'm taking it back. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll sneak it right by the guard. The thing, as he, as he kind of like says that, he like his his eyes flicker down. And he, just, he sort of scans around, and you see like you know different uh, uh, forces of the shield bearers are moving in to kind of move your group. I think you've all been kind of like placed in different um, you know large clusters. The shield bearers kind of gathering folk in in, in, in you know groups to, to lead further into the city, but rather than marching a massive line of thousands of people at once, they're taking them bit by bit, letting them settle in the palace of exile, where you've been informed. You'll be residing for the foreseeable future, and that a representative from the uh, speakers for the ancestors will be overseeing uh, where you all go. Nobody's gonna dictate that but me. Oh, afraid that's not necessarily true, Jules, because that perception check will show you one more thing. I think you do see your folks, see your parents, kind of like at some point, like during all the chaos. I think you finally, from far off, you'd see them. They're led. Uh, by a group of shield bearers kind of on their own. There's uh, another group kind of uh, trailing behind them, a bunch of, looks like uh, uh, folk from from Sensa, um, all like uh, sort of dressed in, in, in very different sort of flowing robes um, than the, the general style of, of dress from your world, all with uh, very dark skin, um, very close cropped hair. You remember that there was a, a architects from Sensa mentioned to you earlier on. This is where... Uh, Chester had, had made a little bit of a score early this morning, and what feels like a hundred years ago, uh, he 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 found these people and, and done some pickpocketing, done some fine work, made a little cash. Always doing fine work, that Chester. <laughs> but uh, you see them trailing after your parents, mm-hmm. um, and your parents go and meet with uh, a figure that rushes over and, and sort of uh, grabs your father in, in, in a hug. I think your father is. Um, he looks enraged, and, and his cheeks redder than, than usual. He's sweating more than usual, which is incredible. Um, That's not possible. <laughs> no, right? Just flops when his clothes are soaked with it. He might be crying, blubbering a little bit. I mean, this has been a big day for him. Nah, no. Nah. You don't think so? No. Nah. I'll tell you one thing, though. Well, your mother, 
they lost all their like worldly possessions. Yeah, and but yeah, but they they'd never show it to anybody else but themselves. Okay, all right. They, they wouldn't show it. Wow, unflappable. Because I'm guessing there's not like a central banking system. No, but they they cry alone. They cry alone. All alone. If if uh, if your mother even cries, I think when you see her, she's just got that same hateful gaze. She's looking around. That gaze never drops. Oh yeah. And right now that gaze uh, is met by essentially the exact same gaze coming back from this figure that has met them. Now, I don't think you've seen Cirilla LaRoche for <laughs> years and years and years because she has been a speaker for the ancestors, um, the speaker for Tythos on the Citadel for, well, a lot of your life. That bitch. What does she look like? I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I will say she looks. I think she looks similar to your mother, with uh, the same the same cold eyes, maybe the similar hair, but close cropped. She looks like she's trying to be my mother. Okay. Down, down to the way she does her hair, even her nails. Wow. Okay. Yep. To her, to her, my mother is a god. Yeah. So just this 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 much younger version of your mother just charges out, maybe hugs your father, hugs your mother, and I think you're even thinking this is just a show, you know. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be displaying this familial love out in the open normally, but it looks good. It looks damn good. There's paparazzi guild members are, you know, got their, got their diamond recorders watching them. It's all for the press. Oh, yeah. All for the press. Got to get they, on the front page. They are eating it up. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're, you're witnessing that, and I think this cold dread suddenly hits you because you realize that the speaker for the ancestors that's going to be deciding where your people go from here is Cirilla, your cousin. I don't think I've ever been more truthful in saying this than I am now, but now it's personal. Yeah. And the thing is, surrounded by shield bearers in a foreign place, a world between worlds, worlds that you have no access to without her say so, in this situation, Jules, you can't hide anymore and you can't fight and I think as you're thinking this you see a man walks past your parents and speaks out to the the group of them to Cirilla and to them both and as he turns towards you you see the blue and white tabard of your family and you see Jessinth Kellig and he points right at you oh horse shit told you you should have killed that motherfucker people have been seeing i mean the press has been on you and jessen's just kind of like points towards you and you just keep kind of see cirilla is he pointing toward me or actually i mean he, i guess right in your direction you don't know exactly maybe okay. like but eyes do like look over towards towards that way and you see at the, at the exact same moment like twins um, like, 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 looking at someone in a mirror, you see Cirilla and your mother's eyes just both narrow, and they both just kind of turn and go along with their shield bearer guard and go deeper into the city. And I'm just sitting there, not going to do anything. And we are going to fade away from that moment, back into your eyes, through them, and to the eyes of a Jules Roche three days in the future, still waiting for any sort of news. A number of the people, naturally the highest first, have found places to go, but what will be left for you and yours when the time comes? 
a farm out in the rattle on God's breath? Some mine on Sensa? We'll find our way. We're going we're gonna to prosper once again, one way or another. As this uh, broadcast cuts off, Jules, you feel eyes sort of lingering on your neck, on the back of your head. And if you turn, you see that it's not just the Cherry Delights, but all of these people. They're all looking to you. They're all waiting for you to say something. Is there anything you want to say? I don't know what the hell just happened here. And guys, I gotta be honest, I don't know what the future holds. Right now, we don't have much control. Even me. But I do know that I look around to all of you people here. And I see nothing but strength and resilience. The desire to live, prosper, and be happy. Whatever the cost. That's what goodness is. And that's all I see here is goodness. And goodness, it's going to prevail. You trust me. We'll get through this. We're all going to come out better on the other side. You see, like, these tearful eyes. You see people smiling. You see people nodding, fists pumping into the air. Someone just said, like, but Jules, we lost Tithos. We lost everything. And someone's like, nah, you don't get it. We're Tithos. That's what he's saying. We're Tythos. And we lived on. Jules is Tythos. And he's going to lead us. You all still got a spirit, don't you? It's all you need. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. The Cherry Delights all just come in with like, yeah. And the Miskin in the corner just kind of nods. <laughs> Does like <laughs> Batman grunt. Um, I have emotion, but I'm not going to show it. I think Jeans, Jeans comes over to your side and puts one arm around you. Chester comes around, puts his other arm around your other side, and the three of you are just standing there. I'm gonna kind of put moment. my hands on their heads, but I'm not. I'm not doing it like a like a condescending way. Just kind of like yeah. And on this uh, this sort of upscale note, we uh, we're gonna fade away on on day three here. But what I do want to talk to you about now is um is what you've been doing for these last few days. Because you are level two now, and I think yes, another I big change came with this level two, and that is you have gained access to more magic, not just the innate magic mm-hmm. of your family, but the magic that was both granted to you by by you regaining the 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 loot and by regain or by gaining the uh, the pages of Fibrosis's uh, uh, collection. Yes, I, uh, I I did take a look at Fibro's notes the last few days. I've been kind of reading, studying. Somebody's got to do something, and I, up until now, I didn't have the tools to deal with it. Yeah, you had to just watch jeans bleed out. You couldn't do anything. Yep, that was the first one I learned. First wow. page I read. That's awesome. I was think what? that was... Cure wounds. That'll do as well. Awesome. Never going to let that happen again. They gone like, well, maybe on the first day, or first or second day, however long it took you to really kind of get this nailed down... Uh, you had like some some incident. I think like some some fight broke out amongst people in your in your quadrant, and someone got really hurt. Got like broken glass sticking out from uh from like right under his uh, shoulder, like collarbone, mm-hmm. and he's just like bleeding. And then you just rush over. People are like screaming. They're worried, and I think you just put your hands on him, and bam, 
the hell kind of fight? Practice makes perfect. People, this is this is a tense situation, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're using glass as weapons. I mean, like, but like, <laughs> yeah, you got people, thousands of people, all shoved into this tiny area. There's like some gardens around this place that have like, you know, uh, tents everywhere. That's where the the higher folk are staying. I think inside the main domed area is 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 largely the the lowest of the high city folk and the low folk because I mean, you're not outside. You're not, uh, you're kind of in this stuffy chamber. Um, you're a lot less free feeling. Um, it's just really tense in here. Uh, but let's talk about level two. What's going on with that? Yes, please. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Can I roll for HP? You can roll for HP. Hell Thank yeah. you. And we're going to give you, even though you're a good character, uh, the same benefit we gave uh, Zebulon. I won't stop that. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand you a die anyway, David, because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice guy. He's got that going. I told for you, him. goodness will prevail. <laughs> They'll come back to you in spades. Um, so why don't you go ahead and roll yours first? That's a damn d20. That would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, wow. Sure. Let, let's roll d20 wow. for HP. Wait, was it d8? Uh, yes. Make sure I got a d8, not a d12, like last time. Cool. So when the time comes, go ahead and roll your d8 first. All right. It's a three. Please roll higher than oh that. Oh boy, this is Ooh. this is wild. All right, ready? Oh no! Son of a bitch. Oh no! Three HP <laughs> plus con. Not cool. Which is probably zero. I don't know. I don't have it pulled up right now. All right. So we're gonna call it three for right now, and then I'm gonna go and check. Yeah, it's zero. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about what spells you gained, or you want to leave them a surprise. We know one of them. Oh, we're gonna surprise. Okay. All right. We're going to surprise. All right. <laughs> I know we did Zebulon already, and but I, I think it's really important that you understand the context behind my comments towards him. By uh, Steven, Steven, I want you to just real quick here. Uh, you asked to roll stats. Yep. Yeah. I want you to read me off your stat numbers one by one in case we don't have the uh, number rolling episode up. Oh, okay. Yeah, People that'll be know. that'll be fun for everybody. We're going to know. All right. Yeah, so we rolled stats. Um, I'll start left to right. Yeah. Uh, it starts out all right. Uh, I, I assigned a, a 10 to strength, so it's a plus zero. Uh, 16 to dex, so I got a plus three there. Oh, good character, good character. A 10 to constitution, which is a plus zero. Oof, okay. Then uh, things start to get a little rough. <laughs> I rolled a six for intelligence, which gives me a <laughs> negative two. A five for wisdom, which gives me a <laughs> negative three. And a nine for charisma, which gives me a negative one. I did. I didn't realize that they could be that bad. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your hero, uh, Zebulon. So good though. It's so right. Wow. Okay. Um. Great. So so, uh, you rolled your HP. We talked about you're a bard. You're level two. You got some some spells. You're hiding on me. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I told. I, I'm pretty sure I told them to you before, but I'm banking on the fact that you also forgot what they all were. I have. I mean, so I know many you things. can actually go in and take a look. But <laughs> I have with, so many things this in my is brain. The, but this is a gentleman's game of trust. Don't worry. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. And I will never find a time to go into your character page and look at it. <laughs> It'll be pleasant, a pleasant surprise. I'll be happy to. It won't be pleasant for me. But, <laughs> no, uh, it won't. It won't. <laughs> that's the game, I guess. Uh, it is the morning of the fourth day. The uh, The constant kind of guard that's been sort of all over the place, um, keeping an eye on your you and yours, Jules, they've fi- kind of faded off. They're, they're not really uh, as invested anymore. The resources can't just can't just all be pooled in one spot. And I think 
uh, you you guys haven't done anything to to warrant it for some time. You know, maybe a couple scuffles here and there, but you know, they're 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 sort of getting more lenient. And you think, okay, if I needed to, I could get out of here, explore the citadel. Leaving the citadel is almost impossible without like any kind of writ. Um, but Zebulon, you wake up. Uh, I think Arhalan's out. He's actually on leave currently from the Shield Bears, which is why he's been around a lot, but he's also just been out on, on like, constant walks. Um, he didn't say a word to you. He just wasn't there when you woke up this morning. Well, then Zebulon's had three full days. This seems like as good a time as any to to sneak out. Okay. Make his leave. Okay. So, in your case, Zebulon, you go, you go and you grab your stuff and you're going to sneak out. And I think you go up to the door and then you realize that there is a, a, like an envelope under your door. All right. Um, he'll pick it up and open it. Uh, you pick this sort of envelope. There's no writing on it at all, no seal. And you just kind of open it and you just see an opportunity awaits you. Come down to the Court of Whispers. Go to address 57 four hmm. enter the courtyard proceed to the back i'll be waiting and i'm gonna guess it's not in a handwriting that i recognize not that you recognize and there is no signature um okay well i guess zebulon has a place to go at least for now yeah there you go he's gonna head straight there jules uh when you kind of wake up and start your day, there's a, a bit of a kerfuffle as, as someone's kind of rushing uh, through to meet you. It's it's uh, low city folk, a uh, uh, younger boy, probably uh, 14. Um, okay. Sort of ratty and dirty, and he he knows you. His name is uh, uh, Jamal. <laughs> you did not think of a name previous. <laughs> you don't before know. Before this session, did you? You can't prove anything. Um You've seen him before, or here and there, and he kind of rushes okay. up, and he's like, Hey, Jules, I got this uh, a letter for you. I, some fella dropped it off on the outskirts there. Do you know who it was? Who it's from? Nah, I ain't seen him before. I, I barely got his face. He was wearing a cloak. Did he say anything? He just said, give us to Jules LaRoche. He said he needs he needs to see it now. How did this sound when he said it? Yeah, he was like, give this to Jules LaRoche. He needs to see this now. Then he left. Is that his exact cadence? Yes. I, 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 I need to know the inflections. Uh, we'll be a little more like, give this to... No, just take the letter. Fine. I gotta get breakfast. All right, go get some breakfast. Most important meal of the day. He's gone. So, uh... <laughs> 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 uh I forgot it was fucking... It was around stuff. Uh, yeah. I was trying to figure out who, who, who said that, but it was around stuff, wasn't it? Did Ron just do that? Is it Ron's stuff? This is Jamal. No, I know. <laughs> We're talking about the callback. Uh, that might have been something you said. I can't remember. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to kind of... I'm gonna. <laughs> I think it was Chester 2 round stuff. It oh, been. it was. You're it right. was a callback. Yeah. It wasn't meant. It was just me being repetitive. So. Uh, episode 1. Darn it. You you know, I mean, I'm sorry. That was a callback, and I'm smart. <laughs> We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, cut that one. We'll in. go. We'll go. Look at everything and just put that in. <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that. And humble. Nah, I'll keep it. It's all, all right. right. So I'm gonna look down at the the letter. The fuck is this? And in your case, it says something a little bit differently. All right, I'm gonna open it. Um, almost the exact same, except rather than saying 
I have an opportunity for you. It just says, I know a way you can help yourself and your people. And proceeds to tell you the same address, which I already forgot, in the Court of Whispers. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) And humble. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to lean over and look at Chester and just say, I'll be, I'll, I'll be right back. Jules, you ain't going without me, you know. All right, all right, come on. Let me get your back. All right, you, you got me, Chester. Come on, let's go. All right. Uh, Chester kind of, like, hops down with you. He, he turns over and he's like, James, you're in charge. Me and Jules, we got to check something out. And uh, let me give you Chester's stat sheet. Oh, stat sheet. I'll be voicing Chester, Chester right. but you'll be playing him. It's very wow. simple right now, but uh, ooh, I love it. What's there what's go. Chester got it. going on? <laughs> He's better than me. What? <laughs> He's better than me. <laughs> He's it's not that good. <laughs> He's better than me. Chester is a level one sidekick, very simplified currently. He doesn't have any negative stats. Oh yeah, he has no negative stats. No negative stats. Psychics generally don't. You guys are. <laughs> he's got special. he's got a plus two in dex, plus one in constitution. Wisdom is plus two. I'm minus two. I'm going to be wise. He's the wisest one in the he's group. He's the yeah. wisest one in the yeah. group. I mean, he don't got he don't got shit for charisma over me. But did you I, did you roll him? There's set there's set psychic stats. Oh. So. Nah. Well, let's, let's swap stats. <laughs> yeah. But hey, he's going to have less uh, abilities. Yeah, no magic, pretty simple. And right now he just has a sling okay. um, and a knife. Okay. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, I, I, I imagine in the last three days I gave him his knife back. <laughs> he just lost it. Get back to him broken. Um, three days later. Broken and bloody. <laughs> so you guys move out, and I think both of you in your own way. And I'll say your apartment's actually pretty close to the... Because the shield bearers generally hole up right around uh, the, the Palace of Exile as well. That's okay. why there's so many swarming the area. They have uh, sort of like their headquarters kind of um, sort of off to the side of it. And uh, on the other side of it is where Arhalan has his little apartment um, so he can stay close to work, keep an eye on things. So you guys actually are pretty close to each other. Though I do not believe you see each other as you both make your way down the spiral of the citadel. Um, Here we go. So right now you're like on the, you know, the, we'll just say the neck of the serpent. And you're working your way down towards, let's just say, the sort of main uh, main body, kind of like the lower back of it, where the Court of Whispers is. Now this is a place where information is bought and sold all over. This is a place where uh, spies gather intelligence. This is a place where... Uh, people they basically like luminary tales are traded where the um, the paparazzi go to like really sell their their pictures videos um, stories Intel uh, and it is a buzzing buzzing market there's criers all over the place trying to sell uh, you know different newspapers and whatnot yeah if you're looking for information anywhere on the radiant Citadel, this is where to go you guys have a location in mind, and you know where you're heading, so you work your way through the crowds, and eventually you move to a, a less populous area. A little more, uh, wouldn't say run down, but just something sort of shady about it. And you find this sort of open courtyard, there's like this brick, um, wall, kind of, kind of, uh, a little scuffed up. Maybe there's a tiny bit of graffiti on one side of it. Um, kind of faded, like it's tried to been washed off, but then uh, didn't quite finish it. 
and you see just beyond this, you know, where there's like a, an opening in this wall, there's a there's a large sort of expansive courtyard, a, a fountain in the front that just doesn't seem to be working anymore anymore, and uh, it's where you're supposed to be. And I think you basically come in one direction, Jules, because you're kind of both can take different different routes through the Court of Whispers to reach this place. And uh, Debulon, you turn the corner the other way, and you see each other again. Hey, it's you. So we did come at the same time. Yeah, and Lee, I mean, you, you, you left at the same time, but Zebulon uh, tripped and fell, and it took him like 20 more minutes. So you, you have 20 minutes earlier, I guess. What I'm if we were coming down the same way, would I not have seen him stumbling down? Nah. Continuity, he left, man. He, le- he left. We, he just, le- we just discussed this before the session. <laughs> so, so Zebulon, Continuity. So Zebulon left earlier than you, but uh, got lost because he has six wisdom. <sighs> And uh, that, okay, that that makes sense. <laughs> Six intelligence, five wisdom. Oh, okay, even better. He got lost for thirty minutes well, in the in the city he's grown up in his entire life. I didn't even get to roll for it. Just let me finish the episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna find it. You just get the. I don't care how you got there at different times or at the same time and didn't see each other. It happened, damn right, it. Steven, we'll roll with it this time. All right. I'll, we'll I'll, roll with it this yeah, time. I'll let it fly this time. I'm going to put my foot on you. <laughs> I'm going to put it right on you. Oh, it's, it's you too from the, the you, right? Yeah, from upstairs. What are, you, what are you doing out here? To be honest, I don't know. I Got a letter asked me to come down here. Hey, Jules, do we do we trust the shrimp? I mean, just a little guy. Right? I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with them. We call him a shrimp. <laughs> Chester's not like huge either. <laughs> Zebulon's just looking up at him. <laughs> we call him a shrimp. <laughs> All right, your call. Don't don't worry about it. I think we're good. So. Pulls out his envelope. You got one of these letters, too? Yeah. And Zebulon's kind of looking around, like, looking at Chester. Where's yours? Not with him. Always. Right, big guy? Oh, fist bump. Fist bump. <laughs> mic bump. Fist bump to <laughs> mic bump. Christ. <laughs> Go home, Chester, you're drunk. <laughs> well, then, it kind of looks like it's just us. Do you, do you have any idea who sent yours? No, I... I I got no idea. We should probably we should probably find whoever's waiting for us. Well, should, but I don't know who to look for. Should to walk back. Is there anybody standing around us? Nope. Nothing you see. I mean, there's people, I guess, wandering the streets here and there. Um, oral perception. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Can Jules do the same? Absolutely. I roll a fifteen. Seems pretty good. That's a sixty. Oh, you got negative one. I got negative one. Yeah. I roll a three. What's my dice say? 14. Okay, thanks. Oh, Chester. <laughs> just put that together. Was that supposed to be a secret? Uh, it's narrow. No, no, that's <laughs> the, the, the secret Chester perception no, roll in the middle of the table. You roll Chester. Go ahead and roll Chester. Oh. Chester's right. yours. Oh, I want to know what you just rolled. That doesn't matter. He got a nine. Okay. Um, good. So, you guys... Look around, and uh, yeah, there's just some folks moving around here and there. You don't notice anything out of the ordinary. Nothing that strikes you as strange. And you know the note said to head to the back of the courtyard. You see a door back there, beyond the fountain. Maybe, uh, maybe this is it. 
He gestures to the door. Looks about right. You ready? I guess. And right, Zebulon walks up and knocks on the door. So you guys walk in towards the door. And you're just passing the fountain when behind you, from the only opening into this courtyard that you just entered, you hear a voice ring out. Well, 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 look who stumbles in. Oh, tasty lady looks, doesn't it? Now mm, oh, we're gonna eat you up once we beats you up. <laughs> and uh, you see this goblin is standing there um, in like this sort of rough leather armor with a, with a, with a scimitar and a shield. Uh, this like he's just pulling this sort of cloak off his head. And you see next to him there's this uh, this bunny person, a rabbit person, a, a harangon, um, bare chested with just trousers and like bare feet kind of like whapping this this big beater club down to one hand and they just say oh yeah, yeah I, I yeah we're gonna we're gonna eat eat you yeah. we're gonna eat you yeah. we're gonna eat you yep what the shit is this that guy doesn't sound too confident <laughs> um the goblin just begins moving towards you and just says right better get ready mate cause here we come and they both charge and we'll call it there. Stand back, motherfuckers. Happy birthday, dear Jeremy. Happy birthday to you. Harmony. That's harmony. Oh.